I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. Well, we'll take the point and we'll move on. You know, coming here tonight was, was all about the weekend. Wanted to give people an opportunity tonight. Disappointing and it's a shame that we haven't took three points, but all in all, over the course of the 90 minutes, we've got no complaints with the scoreline. Again, we missed too many chances. Gave up a cheap goal with a set play, which was disappointing. So we just had to continue to be patient. Thankfully enough, the goal came in the end. But ideally, with the chances we created, we'd like to take more of the game. The Goal Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Hosted by Rob McLean, Craig Moore and Simon Donnelly. Call now and voice your opinion. 0808 1717 700. Let's go. Okay, I've got a few questions for you. Does Lee Griffiths have a Celtic future? Should David Turnbull have been sent off last night? Did that one all draw at Petaudry, missing chances and conceding from set play, sum up the Celtic season? Simon Donnelly, what do you think? Hey, do you want an answer on them all? See what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Griffith, Griffiths, for me, I think I think there's still a place for, for, for Lee Griffiths uh, in terms of the Scottish Premiership. I think Actually, just an answer to the last one, but they've done, to be honest. Because uh, I was going to give you two hours to think about the rest of them. The fizzing out. Yeah, no, yeah. It, did last night sum up the season, the Celtic uh, season? Yeah, pretty much did. Pretty much did. I think uh, every Celtic fan would have been holding on to the, the game at the weekend there, you know, and try and get into the Scottish Cup final, finish the season on some kind of high. But it's completely fizzled out, and we look forward to next season. We should have rehearsed that. That might have been quite slick if, that, if, we'd, <laughs> if we'd done that properly. Uh, right, some more questions. Will Rangers carry the Invincibles tag at the end of the Premiership season? Only three more games to go after 1-1 in Perth last night. Will Scott Wright become a big player for Rangers? He scored his first goal, of course, for the club uh, last night. And Craig Moore, is it going to be a league and cup double for Steven Gerrard and co? Well, look, I... <laughs> They've got every chance, haven't they? Do you want I mean, two hours to think about no, it as well? I don't. Look, I think Rangers will continue their run and go unbeaten in the remaining games. Uh, even <clears> when they've not been at their best, they've still done enough. Um, I believe they'll do that for the remainder of the of the season. And I think, obviously, they've got a wonderful chance to, to do the double. Yes. Have Kyle Lafferty's goals already saved Kilmarnock's top flight status? Are Hamilton and Ross County going to finish in the dreaded bottom two? Should the Hearts players accept the championship trophy and their winner's medals on Saturday? They're going to have a meeting tomorrow about that. And after the European Super League fell apart, what next for the changing shape of the game? Craig Moore, what did you think about that? I'm absolutely delighted uh, that the voice of reason or the voice of football um, really come together in a strong way and united to to make sure that this Super League didn't go ahead. Of. For me, it was has always been greed uh, in terms of the, uh, the the Big 12, Big 6 in, in England. Arsenal are 10 points off a of Europa League position, let me tell you, uh, and the, the Big 6. Um, for me, this is not football as we know it. Tradition, culture, history... Um, competitiveness and not a closed shop is the way football should be so I'm glad as quick as uh, the stories come out that they were shut down It's a bit like Australian football the, what they were planning Well not the way they're playing in Australia it is a closed shop and there's that much angst in Australia 
outside of the, the decision makers because it's a franchise model. It's the same as the MLS. So where is the, the pathway and opportunity for um, for other clubs, you know? Yeah, Smaller teams, yeah. For me, it's it has to be uh, an open pyramid, Rob. You know, the thrills and spills of promotion, relegation, all those kind of things. That's the emotion. That's what that's what football's all about. How can some of the top business brains in the world have misjudged it quite so horribly badly, Simon, when it came to football? It's incredible, wasn't it, Rob? I think uh, I think they underestimated the voice of football. You know, I, I, I watched it all unravel over the weekend or Sunday and looking at the pundits on the TV, Gary Neville spoke, uh, spoke so passionately about it and then you, 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 you watch the fans taken to the street. I think the Chelsea fans were there protesting. We've, we've heard about Man United fans today, albeit the decision's been made. But yeah, I think, I think the owners underestimated the fans. Yeah, I mean it all it is all starting to kick off, isn't it? There's talk of a, a protest at Old Trafford. There were there were yep. fans breaking into the Man U Today. training ground uh in the course of today to to have their say. Um and I mean there's the apologies have, have already been made at most of the clubs. Um but for a lot in a lot of these situations there there's probably no going back. Well, it definitely leaves um an extremely bad taste for, for many. Uh you know, the people um that are involved with the, the, <coughs> the owners of these clubs. For me, what, what I thought was terrible is that it's the coaches, it's the players, uh, it's it's the employees of the, these football clubs and not the owners that are having to confront the media, yep. that are having to answer all these questions. Straight away on Sunday as well, after the games, owners? you know, they were getting confronted. Uh, Ollie was the first one. Yeah, so sure. I mean, they're putting a hell of a position. You know, someone that even Klopp the, the night uh, after yeah. the Leeds Liverpool game, he, yeah, he, he didn't. He, he was saying, "I know as much as you guys." You yeah. know, so they were kept in the dark with it, which is ridiculous. You know, they were kind of thrown under the bus to come out and face the media. Yeah, I mean, what was he going to say about the guys who employ him and pay him a, a massive wage? Was he was he really going to savage them? You know, uh, straight off the bat. That's just like it says. It's a horrible situation to to find yourself in. Because you don't have all the, the relevant information. And, and again, this is, for me, uh, really key in terms of the, the whole thing, the Big 12. Um, all these discussions behind closed doors, you, you cannot have those discussions with the head coach of your football club, yep. with the players of your football club, with the fans of your football club. Please, you know, for me, it's um, I'm glad it's been knocked on the head. Look, they'll, they'll try and find other ways, Rob. Uh, yeah. I have no doubt that we've not heard the end of it. Um, but for now, uh, I think that um, the voice of football, the voice of reason has come out with the, with the right decision. Never has something quite so massive uh, for football fallen apart, uh, <laughs> self-combusted quite so quickly uh, to the extent uh, that there are... Um, apparent, and apparently uh, Florentino Perez, the, the president of Real Madrid, <laughs> is still saying the ESL is on standby, it's, which is an interesting word, uh, despite nine out of the 12 founding teams having pulled out... Uh, his club, Barcelona and Juventus still haven't withdrawn. So that's going to be a pretty small league, isn't it? Yeah, a couple of teams in it. <laughs> He's come out with a few crackers, though. I was just yeah. saying before we came on here, talking about the attention span of youngsters and reducing the length of the game and mm. stuff and suggesting that the Chelsea uh, supporters were actors and stuff that are put on the street. Just these came out with some ridiculous ones. Yeah, not the first time uh, from him. Let's talk to Regan, uh, who's a Celtic fan and he's also been watching uh, what's been happening with this uh, European Super League farce as well. Hi, Regan. Hi, Rob. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm well. How are you? 
I'm doing good, eh? What would you like to say? So my, my first point is about the European Super League. Yeah, go for it. Uh, 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 it's about UEFA. UEFA were talking last week about buying a player for 10 games and they're talking about banning clubs. I just wanted to ask, well, why couldn't they ban someone for racial, abu- for racial abusing the, the team in Glen Canada last week? But they want to ban clubs from, two, from, from tournaments. I think talk is a bit, a bit cheap there from UEFA. Regan, I think it's a, a fantastic uh, point that you that you raise. Um, racism within football, um, for me, has got to an unacceptable level, as we know. Um, and you know, again, are you talking about such a, an important decision uh, and, and uniting football, and how quickly they've dealt with the the Super League scenario? This is exactly what should happen with the uh, the, the the racism uh, situation within football as well. Um, why? Has it has it not happened? Uh, yeah, that's a it's a it's a great question because I think UEFA do have some explaining to do there. Uh, in regards to the Super League, the the reason why it's not going ahead is purely financial. Um, but again, this uh, you know the the the, the racial uh, situation that we see within football now must be stopped. And we've talked you know we've talked about that for for a long long time now. And action needs to be taken. So that's a great point. It's a great point for me. Far, far bigger sanctions and suspensions need to be taken uh, for these kind of scenarios in football. Yeah, so I saw Carlton Cole on Twitter. I don't know if you read any of his quotes at <laughs> all. Carlton Cole, who played for Chelsea, West yep. Ham, uh, and and that, and his point was, you know, why uh, all all the passion that that's come about against the the European Super League. Why? Why does that not happen? You know, in this yeah. in this fight fight against racism and and you know, as Craig says, he's that's right. a fair point, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he's right. And I think Ian Wright actually said much along the same lines on his Instagram. Uh, I think it was today. I've seen that. But yeah, the the, the ban had to be heftier last week uh, for the Prague player, and uh, we can't condone anything at all. I, I read today Instagram of taking some action. You know, with. I think a lot of players have been subjected to abuse on that platform recently and quite rightly I've heard they've taken some action uh, today to prevent that kind of stuff but yeah the, the ban had to be heftier last week uh, for the for the yeah. bad guy yeah. you know just we can't condone that at all yeah because they pronounced I mean the, there's a Police Scotland investigation ongoing while well, the report has gone to the Procurator Fiscal mm. uh, there will then there'll be the decision about whether there's going to be any charges brought as a result of that but but in UEFA's case they'd clearly decided he was guilty in their minds from a football from their football governing standpoint mm. and, and 10 games and they've, uh, they've ridiculous gone the they've gone by the book like rather, a slap on the wrist than, yeah, rather than do what they should have done and, and made a, a real example to make sure that it doesn't happen again or if it is to happen again, which is unfortunate, but if it were to happen again, people know there's far heavier sanctions in place. Regan, what did you think about uh, your team last night, Celtic, getting that last gasp equaliser up at Aberdeen? So I just want to ask the, 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 the panel about Lee Griffiths. I think Lee Griffiths is... Uh, he shouldn't be at Celtic next season because he's only turned up with three games to go. Lee Griffiths came back to training. He wasn't fit to play. And he came back fit when Celtic have already lost the league by 20-odd points. I just don't... I know Lee Griffiths is a born goal scorer, but he shouldn't be anywhere near that Celtic team next season. 
Yeah, I was at the game last night, and he, and he did look fitter. He, he he did look better when he when he came on, and he did what Lee Griffiths is so <coughs> capable of doing. Of course, pulling away from his marker at the back post, great ball in from uh, Moyle Yanusi, uh, and it was just pure Lee Griffiths. What what's going to happen there, Simon? Yeah, I think I was speaking about it just at the top of the show there in terms of a goal scorer, a threat in the Scottish Premiership. There's there's not much better than Lee Griffiths, but. I'm taking on board what Regan's saying you know earlier in the season not fit enough issues there don't exactly know what they were but fitness is a given you should be fit and ready to go so to rephrase what I said a fit and able Lee Griffiths I would take all day Mm -hmm. but if it's going to be problematic and fits and starts then it's maybe time for him to move on Here's what John Kennedy the interim manager said last night about Griffiths You know and that's that's Lee the way he plays and it's you know in terms of the game I just thought because they were 1-0 up, they would probably get more than enough possession and more than enough territory to, to pin them back in there. And leave if you give them you know, half a chance in around the box, that's when he's, when he's deadly. So, typical Lee goal. You know, it was a nice ball, ball from Moy as well. At times, he probably didn't give Lee enough service, had opportunities. You know, but it's great for him to get, get another goal again. And it does make Celtic fans angry, doesn't it, that he hasn't been around often enough and there might be... Uh, we don't know the whole story... Uh, you know, he's been unavailable for 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 parts of the season. He's had issues. Uh, there's no doubt about that as well. But when he comes back and he does what he does, like he did last night to rescue a point, um, you know, the Celtic fans are left wondering, well, where's he been? And there's also the big question about, you know, should he on that sort of form last night, should he be drafted into the Scotland squad? Look, the the, the thing about Lee Griffiths is is nobody will ever question his ability. You know, in terms of the, I'm not even going to say the professionalism because I don't know all the the background stuff. But you know, he, he was perceived to be not not fit enough at the start of the season. We, we've had all those kind of discussions. Lee Griffiths, for me, needs to find a happy place for himself. And I think when when, when he finds that that happy place, and and probably this season at Celtic hasn't. There's been there's been issues, uh, you know, throughout the football club. It's it's been an unsuccessful season. But as Sid touched on, he is one of the best, if not the best, goal scorer in the Scottish Premier League. Um, you know, he's he's a striker that for me. A, a lot of people get drawn. Strikers get drawn into it to, kind of marking the central defenders, if that yep, makes sense. Yep. But he's he's always pulling into spaces, uh, like his goal. You mm. know, he gets on the shoulder. He gets in a position where he can score goals, and he he, he does that all the time that he plays. Uh, I just feel like I says he could <clears throat> he could definitely be a Celtic next season. Whether or not it's 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 a happy kind of marriage for the two of them, I don't know. A happy Lee Griffiths will score goals wherever he is. Yeah. He's, he's clever. He's a clever centre forward. And it was typical of him last night that yeah, he, 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 he did half yards. But since coming off the bench, he came on pretty late. I don't know. He was on for maybe twenty minutes or something. Yeah. Did nothing, and then suddenly scored a, a wonderful finish. And that that's so typical that, of that, him. That's a, the frustrating thing, I think. And a wee bit like Edward on uh, Sunday. You know what they're capable of. Mm. You know you've seen what they're capable of, and. Particularly this season, such a big season for Celtic. I know Edward's return has not been too bad, but certainly his performances have they been the same as seasons before? Would it have been a different outcome on Sunday had Lee Griffiths stepped up to take that penalty with ten minutes to go? I mean, I, I know that. I, I, th- I, mean, I, think, I mean, Odson Edward is, is the penalty taker. I guess if he wants to take it, when he the penalty, takes it. Yeah, when the penalty was awarded, you, you see Lee Griffiths sprinting away. I'm presuming to go and get the ball. Yeah, and I, yeah. I thought he was going to take the penalty. Mm. And then when it gets handed over to Edward, obviously they've decided that before the, yeah, the yeah. game starts. But I just felt with the way he'd approached that game, I know he had the one shot in the first half, but there was a lot of stuff bouncing off him. 
he looked as if he was elsewhere and I just thought you could almost write the script that it, even the way he kind of meanders up to the, the penalty I know I know. you look at Pogba you look at Fernandez down they like to do it it's a pet hate of mine it's yeah. great if it goes in <laughs> pet hate of mine and listen I've missed a penalty or two in my time but there's a way to miss a penalty and just the way he kind of ambled up to it mm. It was all, almost written in the stars that he was going to miss it. Whereas I think Griffiths would have burst the net, and it turned maybe turns the game for Celtic. Well, there was time. There was definitely time, obviously, within. And, and I actually think that the reason why Griffiths sort of like it looks as if he's running to get, he, he knows he's probably not taking the penalty. But it's more importantly, let's let's get this ball in the back of the net. Yeah. There's plenty of time. There's momentum, and we can kind of get at it and, and see if we can get something out of this game. But I understand what you're saying. That sometimes it's like. Too many penalty takers now, you see they've got the little short steps and the little arc run and all that sort of stuff and it's like, just go and address the ball with a purpose. And if yeah. you miss it by a good contact and the goalkeeper saves it, okay, no problem, that happens. Regan, that was a couple of great questions. Thanks for your call. Thanks for joining us as ever on the show. Okay, thank you, Rob. Look after yourself. That's Regan uh, talking about the European Super League, talking about Celtic last night in Aberdeen as well. We were speaking there about Odds and Edward. That's one subject. Uh, we'll be chatting to Scott McDonald about former Celtic striker. He's going to be uh, on recorded version because had we done it live, he'd have been in his pyjamas and I, I wasn't sure I could uh, cope with that, to be honest. Uh, and he did mention, just in the preamble to that before I recorded it, uh, did you fix him up with the, the, the house he's, he's staying in or something like that? I wouldn't say that I fixed him up in, in the house. We we certainly helped him in the community that that he lives in. Um, you know, Scotty's moved to to a place, a lovely place on the Gold Coast called called Hope Island. Mm. Uh, really, really nice community. Um, helped his kids out in terms of with school and and all those kind of things. Normal thing. You'd help somebody yeah. coming into a new community. So he loves it. He loves it. It's, yeah. a, it's a brilliant place to live. Um, Maybe just the football, not not what I like, Rob. That's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did say something about a couple of unpaid bills of yours that he had to, uh, not he had to pick up. Any any not truth guilty. in that? We'll be speaking to the former Celtic <clears throat> striker Scott McDonald after the news at six. The Goal Radio Football Show. It was a full quarter last night in the Scottish Premiership. Some massive matches uh, up and down the league table. Hamilton nil, Motherwell won. Uh, Graham Alexander's team winning the Lanarkshire Derby. Uh, they, were, they were already safe, but uh, that result certainly keeps uh, Hamilton in soapy bubble. No doubt about that. Uh, bottom of the Premiership. Hibs 2, Livingston 1. That's a result which pretty much, you would think, secures Hibs a third place finish. They're now six ahead of Aberdeen. St Johnston won. Rangers won that last minute uh, equaliser uh, for Liam Craig from the penalty spot after Scott Wright scored his first Rangers goal but of course Rangers still unbeaten in the Premiership and just three more games to go Ross County won St Mirren 3 another great result for the Paisley team uh, but Ross County are second bottom and uh, they're going to have to go some John Hughes team to get themselves out of that um, Aberdeen looked like they were going to beat Celtic uh, until the last almost the last touch of the game Lee Griffiths heading in for 1-1 after Lewis Ferguson had scored for Aberdeen. Stephen Glass uh, taking charge of his first league game as the Aberdeen manager. And what a result uh, for Kilmarnock last night. Kilmarnock 3, Dundee United 0. Craig Moore, it was a hat-trick for Kyle Lafferty inside 11 minutes. He's been a massive signing, hasn't he, for for Kilmarnock? I mean, when you're you're down there, you're scrapping, you're fighting for your lives uh, and to then have a a proven goal-scorer um, on paper but more importantly he's actually come and done it um, and his goals have been extremely important for Kilmarnock 
uh, and looks as if you know put them in a position where they can maybe stay away from from that bottom two. But Lafferty, wherever he's been, he's, he's always scored goals. Rob and come in and done a great job so far for Kilmarnock. Ten goals, Simon, in his last six games, single-handedly, um, he's uh, pulling uh, Kilmarnock out of a very dangerous place. Brilliant return, absolutely brilliant. And I think I was on the show a few weeks ago. We spoke about Kilmarnock. And they were decent. They're still not quite safe, but as Craig says, they've now got a, a striker there that's banging goals in for them left, right and centre. And ultimately, I think it's going to keep them in the in the division. I think it's going to be between the bottom two. I think um, it all happened because his move, he was planning a move to Romania and that collapsed, I think, mm-hmm. Kyle Lafferty. He's 33 now. He's had 13 clubs. He's the wanderer uh, of, of football. Uh, but he might just settle down at Kilmarnock. And, and I think already they're looking beyond uh, yeah. keeping the, keeping them in the Premiership and, and looking towards next season and wondering whether he could stay on. He's th- you know, he's 33 at the moment, but he could probably still, stay, still play for another two or three seasons. He's a goal scorer. And he's also a talismanic sort of guy as well. Kilmarnock will uh, definitely be looking to keep him on, Craig. Yeah, no, he's a he's a big character, isn't he? You know, he, he's kind of one of those ones where, uh, you know, y- you need, I think, when you're going away to maybe some tough places and fans are giving you a little bit of stick and all that sort of stuff. He, he, he thrives off of that. You know, he loves all that. Um, very, you know, he's proven his track record in terms of the league here. We know he's going to score goals. Um, he's at an age now as well where I would like to think he's probably just... He's matured a bit, sure, said, bit you know. Yeah, he'd be yeah. like, I just want to be in a place where I'm enjoying my football, um, scoring goals. Players will always enjoy their football, but it would be great business if Kilmarnock could stay up and, and, and keep him at the football club. Why not? Talking football is what we do. Craig Moore, Simon Donnelly, Rob McLean uh, for a Thursday night on the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Uh, at Go Football Show on the socials. Uh, you can text Go and your message to 87474. And the phone number is 0808 17 17 700. We are joined by Stuart in Cumbernauld. Hi, Stuart. Hi, how are you doing, guys? You all right? Yeah, well, thanks. How are you? Good. Yeah, I'm okay. Walking away. Um, the point I was making was obviously a Super League uh, stuff. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, does, whenever you become a f- professional footballer, do you not need to apply for a certain licence with FIFA at all? Um, in order to obviously be to join clubs, etc.? Craig, right? I'm, looking, I'm looking to you here. Are you saying, Stuart, that as a player, do you need to apply? Yeah, as far as I'm, yeah, it's just what I'm asking. I think that well, no, I think that's all done obviously through uh, through the clubs in terms of the registration oh, yeah. um, <clears throat> that is then lodged with um, that particular yeah. FA of that country. What have you yeah, made? Not... What have you made, Stuart, of what's been happening? Well, I think it's been a bit selfish on obviously the main clubs. It's it's tried to join this obviously where they've been they've just been a bit selfish to their own players as well because the point I was thinking of was maybe we were having to obviously apply for these licenses to to play for, for clubs. However, if we're obviously planning to do a Super League, for instance, how are we expecting to obviously work the transfer window? Because obviously player they would kind of, as far as I'm aware, the players would be restricted to obviously playing for these Super League clubs within this, mm. within this league. But if the players were well, obviously let go or if they were obviously being sold to other clubs, mm. surely FIFA and that would obviously have like a kind of stick their nose up at it because in their eyes, the players have obviously went to a Super League 
and they want to obviously go and so we can kind of have left cake and eat it in both sides if you know what I mean it's actually a good point Stuart it's one that I hadn't thought of you know I can come up with 10 other bad reasons for it uh, not going ahead but that that's a good one so you become surplus to requirements at one of these Super League teams can you just drop back down into mm. you know the, the the league here or the domestic league down south or that yeah. It would just be another problem. It just it just shows how mm-hmm. bad an idea I think this is this has been. Well, there's that, and also you know, as Stuart, you mentioned about the players. But if you're if the Super League was to go ahead and 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 was not recognised by UEFA, was not recognised by FIFA, yep. all these players are their international football careers are done. It'd be new contracts. It'd be a completely yeah. new contract that these players would have to. Yeah, they're they're, they're done and dusted for. as well. So it's kind of like it, it's. For me, for me, it's madness. There's that many things that were wrong with yeah. the, the concept, and and more importantly, it was it was the process, and it was a, the way that these Big Twelve sat down behind closed doors, secretly, without even any communication to their supporters, players, and coaches, yeah. are, are the biggest factor. That, that's that's what makes our sport. They've basically said, you know Arrog- what, arrogance, not it's arrogance that they just assumed that people were going to kind of roll over and accept us. I think, in general terms, Stuart, we were on a fast track to complete chaos. Uh, by the sense yeah. of, of what was being planned? Well, my thinking was that hey, we're just more uh, focused on the town signs rather than yeah. looking at the logistics. Of yeah. yeah, but yeah, and, and that's, that's, that's what amazed me about the whole thing was that these top business brains at the top clubs uh, couldn't quite get their heads around the fact that this just was not going to play for fans and players and managers. And, and the... And, Credibility has has been has crumbled, hasn't yeah. it? And Stuart, I don't know what you think, mate, but it's like for me being involved in football for the length of time that I've been, it actually would be very much just like exhibition football. Yeah. Uh, and 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 I'm sure you've probably seen, and I've certainly seen a lot of exhibition matches. And I'll be honest with you, mate, I walk out at halftime. Yeah. It, it does absolutely nothing for me. Yeah, it's about obviously. It's- you know, high-profile managers, Pep Guardiola and all that's came out and said there's, where there'd be no relegation or anything like that or uh, promotion, like, it kind of, it's a pointless exercise. It's just, that, that, would that, become complacent and just think, well, we're going to bag your money anyway, so we might as well just feel whoever we want. Yeah, the other side of it as well, well the worrying side was we had, we've got a Euros round the corner and there was a yeah. talk of players yeah, not being, you know, and. Tierney and Robertson and yeah, McTominay. Yeah, and yeah. We, we can't do without these guys. But from and the a selfish Champions point League. of view, but yeah, the Champions League. Champions we're League totally scrapping the Champions League yeah. at the semi-final stage. So, Stuart, we're going to take you out for a sec, and we're going to get you back on a on a better phone line because that is uh, that is showing signs of uh, breaking up at the morning. And, and talking about breaking, uh, some breaking news, uh, and it is that the Rangers' appeal has been thrown out um, against the the COVID five. Um, so it was. It's going to be as you were. That that seems to have taken it. The hearing was uh, Tuesday evening, so it's taken a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Thursday evening, uh, we find out that the appeal has been dismissed, um, and it, so it will be four match bans for uh, Nathan Patterson, Calvin Bassey, yes. uh, Bongani Zungu, Brian Kinnear, and <coughs> Dapo Mabude. Mm-hmm. I was just testing my memory well there. Well done. <laughs> well done. I, I think Rangers look. We. we not surprised in terms of the the case has been dismissed. I think Rangers have been they've been clever in terms of you know the, the appeal process because it, it allowed them to keep certain players available until James Tavernier got back fit. Yes, yes. Are you are you suggesting that's that's why this that's what this was all about? Listen, 
I know for a fact that that level, um, when you can explore a loophole and and it potentially will buy you time and uh, uh, therefore it, you know it kind of helps you through a period where maybe you're depleted squad wise and all that sort of stuff. Of course, it happens. What does this mean for for Nathan Patterson? I wonder. Um, could this be a kibosh for his chances of getting into the Scotland squad for the Euros, Simon? The fact that he's going to be missing four games. Four games. Yeah, it's, it's not ideal. Uh, I mean, that could be. I mean, we're Rangers to go out of the Scottish Cup. That could be the. That could the be the rest, the rest of the season. Yeah, I, th- I think I think this kid's did enough to be considered. I like the look of him. Any time I've watched Rangers with him in the side. Uh, I think he's going to be a, a right back for Scotland and, and, and why not take him to the Euros? Let, uh, let's run that past Stuart as well. Stuart, you're back with us. How are you sounding? Yeah. I'm, well, you were probably sounding fine to yourself <laughs> anyway. But, but it, it, was, it was just us. You weren't sounding quite so great. But no, that is a, that's a much better phone line. So we'll take advantage of it right now. Um, yeah, no I, we, I was just re- revealing the breaking news there and you maybe heard a, a taste of it in the, when you when we reconnected with you that the, the, the five players, the... the the, basically the appeals being dismissed uh, against um, Nathan Patterson and the other four um, what what do you think about that? What Craig said it was just basically taking advantage of the situation um, obviously because as Craig said the Tavernier's Tavernier's been out so it's just been given um, a bit of delay in the tactics basically just to, so Patterson can continue to uh, Tavernier was back on his feet um, as I said, that that was really only going to be the the thinking behind it because the guys had they've done the crime, so we basically have to have to deal with it, you know. So there wasn't any way they were going to be able to fight against it apart from it just being a delaying tactic. Yeah, it's immaculate timing, isn't it? With uh, with James Tavernier um, back in the team, back fit and ready to go. It's obviously a blow for for Nathan Patterson. I was just asking Simon there. What do you think is the you know, is there still a way for him into the into Stevie Clark's Euro squad, or is the fact that he's not going to play for four games? Do you think that could count him out, Stuart? Well, I think uh, I think he's probably done enough to kind of put himself in the window, so he's in consideration for it because he's apart from obviously the the usual guys and and the Scotland team and that, like he is going to give him a better a better a better. Uh, dimension and obviously how we were playing like running down the wing and that and just basically the same way as what Hutton and that used to do when we yeah. were at Rangers and that, just running down the wings and giving them another option uh, you've seen him against Celtic obviously scoring his goal and that and he, he just kind of gives them a better a better edge and like I did hear obviously one of the guys on the phone to yourselves the other night about him bulking up but I think bulking him up would basically lose that edge as well to him when he kind of bust a pace in that yeah. film as well yeah so, I mean he was he, he was tremendous wasn't he on Sunday Craig in the in the old firm match hey look he's a he's a young kid that's broke through I, you know I've only kind of seen what majority's seen in terms of he's you know not seen behind the scenes stuff but he, he certainly looks a great talent he has a wonderful anticipation he loves to defend on the front foot and and, and kind of intercept and that's where he got one of his goals um, he, he plays with a fearless attitude, which a lot of the young players do. So that's that's obviously great to see. Has he done enough for for Scotland um, to show what he's? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I believe that, especially in a position that um, is not stacked, full of depth. So I think it's a it's a great opportunity. I was actually speaking to to a player the, the other day, and I thought 
this was an interesting one. So a lot of these players, younger players that are breaking through at the moment, you know, across the, the, the Scottish Premier League and all that, haven't played in front of a fan. No. Haven't played in front of a fan. Yeah. So all of, all, yeah. of, all of a sudden now, um, you know, I think Doig's one of them, you know, being linked, linked to a lot of clubs and all that sort of stuff and, and, and somebody potentially wanting to invest on um, players that actually haven't played in front of a, a full stadium. Mm. How would they handle that? You know, so that's... Yeah. Hey, it was just something that I heard and I thought it was quite interesting the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Stuart, this was Stephen Gerrard uh, speaking last night uh, on the back of uh, that one old draw against St Johnston. The Perth team equalised in stoppage time with a penalty right at the end and this was the this was your gaffer afterwards. Look, we'll take the result and we'll move on. Priority was always the weekend as soon as the old firm finished. You know, a lot of the decisions are made in terms of team selection and decisions from the bench tonight were always with an eye on the weekend, so... We've got positives in terms of everyone's come through the game. Uh, everyone's looking forward to the weekend. We we nearly uh, sneaked the result tonight. We nearly got away with a 1-0. I think all in all, it's probably a fair result. I thought St. Johnson started better and finished better than us. So uh, no complaints in terms of the scoreline. I love his honesty, um, I must say. And, and I mean, Craig was just saying, uh, Stuart, uh, to us before the show, before we came on air, that that's, that's probably the first time this season we've heard Stephen Gerrard uh, talking about making plans for a game beyond the one that's immediately in front of him. Yes. It's um, obviously a game last night, as, as I was sitting watching it, it's, I, was, I was just kind of flabbergasted by the whole penalty saga at the end of the game. Um, for me, obviously, because I'm a Rangers fan, I'm going to see it. It wasn't a penalty, but um, that's why that's why a guy gets paid his money. Obviously, referee the game, but that's debatable. Obviously, is is the different supporters you ask? But did, did you think the one before was a penalty? The the alleged handball against Jack Simpson. Um, I don't, but I don't believe because obviously, as you look at the ball, it kind of it hits his midriff and then it kind of plays onto the ball. It plays off his hand, but his his arms. Like obviously, as you know yourself, are saying about this unnatural position and all this now. So, I don't think I think by look of it, he was trying to obviously move it on on the way that just happened to hit him. So I don't think I think the ball kind of played played on his arm rather than him actually trying to guide the ball onto it. What did you think, Craig? Look, I think it, over the ninety minutes, uh, and I think Stephen Gerrard said it, a draw was a it was a fair result. Um, he probably felt that there there certainly could have been uh, another penalty in in that match. Um, he was happy at times throughout the match, but over an, over ninety minutes, he, you know, he felt that they they certainly could have been better. Um, he did give other players an opportunity, Rob. You know, in in, in regards to what's happening uh, at the weekend, which I did find quite unusual. That, like it says, he was looking a little bit further than the the normal managers one game at a time. Um, but again, he was honest. He was honest. A draw was a draw was a fair result. They dust themselves down. They move on. They know exactly what they're up against because it's a rematch. Yeah. Um, so he kind of knows what what he's up against. And at the same time, he's prepared and uh, and got all his players at a level uh, that can go and make the the influence at the weekend. Do you think uh, Rangers will get the job done against St Johnson at Ibrox on Sunday, Stuart? And do you do you think it's going to be a League and Cup double? Um, I would like to think it they would. Um, do it on Sunday, on Sunday purely because whenever it, whenever it means something to them, they do win. The only thing that I get frustrated with sometimes with them is it, they become quite complacent and quite they kind of get set in their ways. And I feel sometimes whenever we get a win, whenever we're winning a game one now, they kind of just sit back eh, rather than just continuing to to attack. 
Um, obviously, yesterday's game, once a rebo and that way came on, it kind of changed the whole dynamic and they seemed to have a wee bit of more attacking edge to them. But obviously, with seven changes, didn't make much yeah. of a difference anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was a bit too much of a change um, to obviously try and get a result. Not a bad season. Three games from being invincible in the league. Three games from making a league and cup double. Uh, Stuart, thanks for your call. Yeah, not a problem. Thanks, oh, thanks guys. All the best to you. Uh, more football chat to come, and including, of course, uh, some chat with the former Celtic striker Scott McDonald. That will be after the news at six. Let's go. He's a real trooper, isn't he? Just kept on going despite uh, these strange noises happening in the background. Uh, the Go Radio Football Show continues. We brought you that breaking news that the Scottish FA have dismissed the Rangers' appeal <coughs> over the ban issued to five players for breaking lockdown rules. And yes, Craig Moore, you're right. It was uh, it was four games and two games suspended. suspended so that uh, will stand. Uh, we're looking back, of course, on uh, the games last night in the press. Premiership, Hamilton nil, Motherwell 1, Hibs 2, Livingston 1. A draw for Rangers uh, at St Johnston. A late equaliser for the Perth team. Ross County lost at home to St Mirren. Celtic struck late thanks to Lee Griffiths at Pataudry 1-1. And Kilmarnock 3, Dundee United 0. And we're looking ahead, of course, to the weekend. That's not too far away now. Hibs against Motherwell in the Scottish Cup quarterfinals on Saturday. Two games Sunday, Aberdeen against Dundee United. Rangers uh, play St Johnston just for a change. Uh, because it's a while since they met them and on Monday uh, Kilmarnock against St Mirren all of them playing for a place in the Scottish Cup semi-finals mm-hmm. Rob McRae <laughs> Guy, I can't even get my name right there I think that deserved another warning warning beep in the background to us Rob McLean yes that's me definitely me Craig Moore is here Simon Donnelly all present and uh, correct for you we're desperately trying to keep our uh, concentration here as Chris gets the toolbox out and tries to fix whatever that fault was um, let's talk in the meantime to Cami, uh, who is a Rangers fan hi Cami. hi guys how are you doing yeah good, good thanks yeah, we're, we're desperately trying to hold it all together here and failing um, you can help us out though you can add a little professionalism into the mix what would you like to say Cami? just that uh, I thought Nathan Patterson was um, outstanding on Sunday against Celtic However, with James Tavernier coming back into the side, how will Rangers propose to give him enough game time and progress him? Craig? Top question, Cammy. I mean, look, I mean, young player coming through, showing what talent he has, showing that he can uh, certainly play uh, top flight football, but he has a very good player and the captain in front of him uh, at right fullback. So, uh, you know, very, very important for Rangers to, um, you know, to manage that. Uh, to continually try and find ways to to de- develop the player because um, look he's he's not going to come and um, play ahead of Tavernier that's obvious um, but maybe where uh, you know Tav when fit has played every single game at least you know Stephen Gerrard knows he's got a player there that he can throw in um, that can you know maybe rest Tav at certain times and, and can continue his development. We did hear from uh, Gary McAllister on Tuesday's show. He was speaking ahead of, of yeah. last night's game uh-huh. and, he, and he just threw in this little line at the end of one of his answers about Tavernier and Patterson. I was saying, maybe, maybe they could both, maybe at some stage we'll fit them both into the same team, which was interesting because it's difficult to carve out that sort of scenario, isn't it, where they would both fit in the team? What sort of shape could you play to have them both in the side? Well, I mean, you can... You can 
people don't like playing four four two seat anymore, no. But I mean, you can play a four four two, definitely because Patterson can definitely play ahead of of Tavernier and two, then, two attacking players on yeah. the right hand side. I think the the young what age is Patterson? Nineteen. Nineteen. 19. Yeah. I mean, from what I've seen, he's got energies to burn. And I know this will be a headline, but when I watched Tierney start out at Celtic, you know, there's a lot reminds me of a young Kieran Tierney coming into that team. Who's to say this kid just doesn't take the jersey, you know, and apply pressure? It's, it's a good problem for Stevie Gerrard to have. I think he's got a lot of confidence in the kid. But yeah, as Oz says there, if you were to find a system to play those two, it probably would be, you know, win it right back and maybe, maybe the kid playing on a right midfield role. And Rangers have got themselves well covered anyway because they've just signed up James Tavernier on an extended deal. Yeah. So if they, you know, I'm, I'm sure they've got, I'm sure they're not interested in selling him in the in the summer. But were they to get an offer for a 29 year old that that was crazy mm. in the in their eyes, you know, at, le- at least they've got the air apparent. Yeah. Ready if if Tavernier was to go? Yeah, I think in, in football that possibility is is always there. I mean, Rangers have secured the services for an extended period of time for Tavernier because you're protecting your investment. Anybody does come along, they're going to have to pay good money to uh, to get that player. But I don't think that's in the plans. I think that uh, Tavernier is very happy at the football club, um, and and I think you know Patterson obviously has got an opportunity to to learn and continue to develop under a very good professional. Yeah, uh, and at the same time, you know if Rangers want to change things you know you've always got to look to evolve and, and to change things you know what works today may, may not necessarily work next season Rob so uh, again I think Patterson has played um, you know in a, in a forward more forward position uh, you know through the through the younger teams and all that sort of stuff so that's a possibility but it's up to him day in day out to mm. continually challenge and uh, that, that's what it's all about at a club like Rangers or a Celtic you know for, for a 19 year old to come in or a youngster to come into the team and do so well. The season's finished. That's that's put to the side. You need to go again. It's how the. I think what I've seen with the guy, the way he applies himself. I think he's going to have a successful career. I think he'll he'll force his way into the starting eleven uh, in the near future. I think as well. Yeah, I, I think it was for the first the first time he got near the first team. Cami, um, you'll remember this, I'm sure as well. When Steve, the first time I really heard Stephen Gerrard speaking about him. I think he said something like, "As long as long as I'm here, as long as I'm here and manager at the club, he is going to be a big part of Rangers going forward." It, it, it was quite, it, it was a massive statement to make about a player who'd really just flirted with the, the first team scene uh, at that stage. And and Cammy, I, I guess it tells us that that Stephen Gerrard prizes Nathan Patterson and his potential in, in a big way. Yeah, well, it shows that Stephen Gerrard thinks of him, and it's Stephen Gerrard obviously knows what he's talking about. Um, I heard what the guys were saying earlier about him playing further up. I heard for the Scotland 21s, I think he does play in like a right-hand side uh, role. Right. So maybe they should test him there. But at the end of the day, James Tavernier's numbers, his goals and his assists are outstanding for Rangers. And that would be a very hard time for Nathan Patterson to um, replicate without without having enough game time. Yeah. How, how do you think, Kami, how, how do you think Rangers handle what is a nice problem to have, but but it is a, a dilemma for next season potentially? So, I don't think you can loan him out because your problem is like what's happened to James Tavernier just now is he got injured and then you've got no one to back him up with and Patterson would be a perfect replacement. But the problem the boy's going to have is he's going to want to play football and his career's not going to figure this otherwise. He want at least probably 20 games a season you can play them in the Scottish Cup games the League Cup games 
and maybe the lesser games in the league, but he's going to want to be in the starting eleven every week, especially now he's got a taste of it and how how good he's been playing. Kami, okay, I think also that with younger players. Uh, you know they're fearless and, and obviously they want to break into the first team and play as often as they possibly can but there also needs to be a, a little patience uh, there uh, and the reason why I say that is again you know Simon myself coming through as a young fella and all that you've always got senior pros ahead of you um, and you've always got to you've got to deliver day in day out to, to try and make that position your own but it doesn't happen overnight. He's shown us already the ability that he has. And you talk about the way that Steven Gerrard has spoken about Patterson. It's no different to the way that Pep Guardiola spoke about uh, Foden. Yeah. Right? But Foden's progression has been gradual. Yeah. Yeah? Um, and so, like I said, it's hard for a younger player because they just want to play. They, they, they're fearless. They want to get out there. Uh, they've got that youth and enthusiasm. But there has to be a little bit of patience also behind that scenario, I think. I liked uh, what you were saying there, Simon, about the the comparison with Kieran Tierney's emergence at Celtic. I mean that that's a that's a massive tribute to Nathan Patterson when you consider where Kieran Tierney's got to by now. Yeah, and obviously he's he's on the first rung of that ladder to to try and emulate what Kieran's went on to do. Uh, but I remember watching one uh, of Tierney's first games that I seen when I came back up the road. I think they were playing Fenerbahce in the Europa League. And it just the, the positivity and just direct going forward. He'd make mistakes. He'd get back in. I thought he's going to have a big future. And I just see wee bits with, with this kid as well. Uh, and as always says there, when you get a taste of first team football, he'll want more. You know, so it's down to his attitude now to go and to go and get that. Yes, it's a huge task with having there. They're playing so successfully this season as well. But what a boost it is for Stevie Gerrard's comment there for the, for, for the lad if he's listening to that. Yeah. You know, that'll give him so much confidence and belief. Cammy, is it a league and cup double for Rangers? Yeah, I'd like to think so. I can't say anyone's stopping them. I think St Johnson was just, we made so many changes that it was hard to maybe replicate the form that the usual start 11 would, would, would do. But I think Rangers will go on on Sunday. I think, I think they'll win maybe 3 4 0. I think, I think we'll battle them on Sunday. All right, OK. Good to have you on the show. <laughs> right, thanks, Good to have you guys. Uh, that's Cammy. Another hour of uh, football chat is on the way on the Go Radio football show. And we'll be kicking it off after the news at six with former Celtic striker Scott McDonald. He's on the way. I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what? The Bull Radio Football Show With OPC Energy Limited Hosted by Rob McLean, Craig Moore and Simon Donnelly Call now and voice your opinion 0808 to 1717 700 Let's go What we're going to do now is speak to the former Celtic striker Former Motherwell striker Scott McDonald Who's in Australia It's late in Australia Hi Scott Good evening, Rob. How are we? We are very well. Knowing you well, uh, I'm going to ask you what you're up to, and I'm thinking the answer is going to be plenty. Uh, yeah, I'm still, uh, my wife's still pulling her hair out, even though <laughs> we're in better places. Um, but yeah, busy, 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 Rob. Give me, uh, give me an always, idea like, of what you're doing. Um, obviously still playing, uh, coaching professionally, academy-wise at the football club at Brisbane Raw. Opened up my own academy, <laughs> doing a bit of media work as uh, as I like to do. So um, and trying to in between that spend some time with the family and enjoy the sunshine, mate. And you're doing your uh, badges, your coaching badges through the Scottish FA, aren't you? 
Yeah, I actually forgot to mention that, didn't I? Yes, I am indeed. Just been on a, a big Zoom call today, um, another you know five six hours, but it, it's great work. Um, love doing it, and uh, the boys at the SFA are doing a tremendous job under the circumstances to to get these events on, uh, especially via Zoom. And, and some of the guests we've had have been superb thus far. Could we see you back here at some stage? Do you think? Are you, are you missing the good weather over here? You know what? Well, we've just seen Maury, obviously, who I know on the show with you uh, quite regularly, um, come back. So never say never, Rob. <laughs> no, I, I know, I know exactly not to not to commit in terms of what you're going to do next. To be honest, what are you thinking about your old team, Celtic, um, and what's happened, Scott, this season? Uh, quadruple treble, chasing ten in a row, and they've been steamrolled, haven't they, by Rangers? Well, they have in the end, haven't they? It's been an, an absolute disaster of a season for what was building up was so much promise uh, off the back of winning a ninth title, all being albeit cut short at the end of last season. But you're thinking the foundations are there and to, to go and uh, ramp it up once again and, and make it 10 if the recruitment was correct. But look, it, it's all boiled down to that recruitment. And in terms of the man management from there as well, with, with, with Neil in charge, it, it never quite worked, uh, you know. Albeit, I, I go way back to not qualifying for the, the Champions League and, and the fallout from there, um, from his press conference and, and, and putting out there that people didn't want to be at the football club. You knew there and then that there was problems uh, mounting for Celtic at that point. And yeah, look, we just have to look back at the recruitment and. It's been absolutely poor this year. It's been dreadful. You know, the, the players have been brought in. They've just not performed. We've seen Klamala, um, someone that recruited the season before that, uh, just leave today, as I've seen. Um, to I think it's New York Red Bulls. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's one of many of, of the exodus to, to come. Um, and it's just going to be a matter of, one, need a manager in first to, to move forward. And uh, talking about the technical director as well, Rob, as we well know, um, and I do believe probably they they are going to have to come hand in hand and, and some continuity is needed going forward. For so do you think the Celtic slide has its roots quite a few years back in terms of, even though they've, they've kept on winning things, uh, complacency has crept in? Uh, I think a little bit. I think, I think it's been a tough time for everyone, but I think what Rangers have done better than, than Celtic is, is their recruitment and... Uh, building year in, year out to improve the team. I think Celtic have been stagnated um, in Neil Lennon's tenure, uh, I believe. You know, Rangers have been improving, but just been at the levels of what Celtic have been and, and in the quality that the players have possessed. You know, you don't turn a bad player overnight. It's just been a case of, you know, a lot of the Celtic players just haven't been up to scratch. You see, they haven't performed to the levels that they had in previous seasons. And, and that's really why you need to refresh the squad uh, almost every year. You, you need one or two dead set players that are going to improve your first 11. And we've seen the likes of, of Duffy and, and Barkas come in this season, being two, for example, and, and they've just not been up to scratch. You know, it's as simple as that for everyone to see. And uh, in the forward areas as well, Edward's been... Uh, been linked with this club and that club and, and everyone's saying he doesn't want to be at the club. Um, and they just haven't had any backup for him also throughout the season. Lee Griffiths has not been fit for most of it. And uh, the other strikers that have been at football club, Yeti was brought in. That's another one that, that hasn't uh, lived up to its mean either. So 
uh, it's all about the recruitment going forward. And, and of course, uh, when the new manager comes in, who he can keep and, and who he wants to keep, but who he can motivate to want to stay as well and be part of the football club going forward. So what do you think of Odson Edouard? I mean, he's a wonderful player. There's no doubt about that. We've, we've seen it for the last few years. But what, what about his body language this season? What, what do you read into that? I don't really read into that too much. I think people will because of the failings of the, the club and, and, and the individual itself at times. But realistically, his body language has been that like that on numerous occasions throughout his Celtic career. That's the way he carries himself. For all. And I'm not trying to defend him in terms of some of the performances this year. And we just don't know what's going on in the background as well in terms of what's been promised uh, to the player in terms of, you know, stay for another season and, and then we'll let you go and we'll sell you or who's been in for him, where his head's been turned, if that has been the case. And sometimes this can happen in football clubs that the communication uh, differs over time. Uh, we've seen it with the Dembele incident that when he left the football club and what he said was totally different to what the club had said, um, what he had been promised previously and how he kicked up the stink. And, and there's a possibility that might have happened again. Uh, I'm, I'm not privy to it. Um, but it does seem as well when a, a lot of the players have been there and won trophy after trophy that some of them are now thinking, well, maybe it's time to go and seek another challenge. And, and I certainly think that's been the case for for one or two of them anyway. Uh, but and I think it's more a form thing than, than deliberately not wanting to, to work hard and win football matches and, and win titles and, and trophies. No one goes out there and, and deliberately does that uh, as a footballer, as a professional. Yes, you can criticise them, but I would be more critical in terms of their performances and what their, their output's been. And that can be on a numerous of levels. Um, and in term, terms of who, it, who the buck stops with, well, as we've seen time and again, it, it, it buck stops with your manager. If you can't motivate the players or get the best out of them or, or produce better results, we've seen it again with Jose Mourinho this week, then unfortunately you, use, you lose your job. Do you think Rangers could be about to embark on a spell of domination like Celtic have done recently? Is that a danger? Of course it's a danger. You know, look how... They've been fantastic this year, Rob, you know, under Steven Gerrard and, and, and the players and how they've progressed year in, year out as individuals as well within that team set. And you, you look at Morelos, he's not scored as many goals as he has done in previous seasons, um, but his all-round game's improved. He's become a lot more of a team player. Tavernier's superb. Barisic, uh, Kent, Arebo, who I really like. I mean, you could, you could keep going and keep going, yeah. but they, they've found the right formula this year. And... They can go from strength to strength. But it all depends on what Celtic's reaction is. And, and it's got to start with the manager first, Rob. And, and once they yeah. get the manager in, and we can see then who it's going to be and what the recruitment's going to be like. And if, if the fans get back through the door as well, exactly, that could motivate two, two teams in different ways. And the expectation levels of Rangers a football club now because they've won a trophy, they've won a title. What are the Rangers fans going to expect from their team? And if they're not, performing correctly in, in certain games and they're going to be on top of them. It, it's, okay, Paul. you know, it's a psychological war. It always is within playing for Celtic or Rangers. So that's going to be interesting to see that, you know, going forward next season. Scotty, great to hear from you. Thanks very much, Rob. Take care. All the best.
when I said okay pal that was a, an attempt to wind him up that was about <laughs> the old drop up that, that, that was about eight or nine minutes I think I managed to get about three questions right. in there which wasn't wasn't too bad it, it was re- the reason you didn't hear Simon or Craig involved in the chat was because that was recorded earlier on because at ten past six Glasgow time Craig what, what would it be in Scott McDonald land oh, he would have done that it would have been silly o'clock yeah, yeah, it would have been silly o'clock, and to be fair, you would have got him a lot longer than ten minutes if uh, if yeah. it was normal. If it was normal time, he can talk underwater. I love Scotty Mac, <laughs> but I tell you what, he can talk underwater. <laughs> uh, interesting what he was saying there about uh, you know his, his feeling is that Celtic have been stagnating uh, under Neil Lennon's time in charge. Simon, I just think we talk about recruitment, and I listened to Gordon Strachan at the weekend talking about the players who Celtic continuously look to go to the well year after year. You know, McGregor's, Browns, Forrests, these guys that have been through all this successful period. And at any club, particularly a, a successful club at Celtic, when you recruit, you need guys to come in to go and challenge, to go and relieve these guys at certain points of the season, to go and lift the team. Uh, and I don't think out with... Obviously Turnbull was last year but started to feature this year but out with him I don't see any real success in any of the recruitment you know that's came into the club uh, and Craig will tell you from his time at Rangers certainly my time at Celtic you, you used to get a lift you know when two or three quality players came in mm. it kept you in your toes because again your, your jersey wasn't guaranteed but it also lifted everybody Yeah, there's a Van Hoydonk coming there's obviously <coughs> Larson coming now there's you're talking about top strikers there but at the same time the recruitment this year has been nothing like that we, we, we're touching on Clamalla there he's away yeah it's funny, it's funny while he was speaking there and he, and he listed a few of the players I just scribbled down a Celtic five aside here including a goalkeeper by the way <clears throat> Barkas Laxal Duffy Clamalla Ayeti yeah. and that just about sums up the, the Celtic recruitment doesn't it in recent yeah, times yeah and just for mm. listen when Shane Duffy came to the club I was speaking to a friend about this yesterday when he came to the club I thought big no-nonsense centre-back that's played in the Premiership he's got a bit of experience played for his country I thought he'll header everything in Celtic's box and he'll go and score goals in another box for whatever I know he went through a difficult time personally but just has not taken to it at all uh, the rest of them yeah Laxalt's played a bit the two strikers haven't featured much and Kalamala's away, as, and as Scott are, said in the interview that he's so yeah, to New York. I, I just feel it's maybe just been one step too much for Celtic asking the same guys to do it and again the, and again. The character as well. When, when, when you're a, a Celtic player or a Rangers player, the character for me is 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 so important. That That is what uh, makes a difference between success and failure because we've all been, a, you know, yourself at Celtic, um, myself at Rangers, made a lot of mistakes, hit bad form, that sort of stuff. But the moment you give up, um, you, you, you do not stand a chance. So I think the, the character, you know, at times you take criticism, you've got to take the good with the bad. Are you able to respond? Do you care enough to be able to respond? Um, you know, so is there sometimes that, that buy-in with the club and sometimes with foreign players, you don't get that, Rob. Yeah. Um, we've both seen that. Yeah. So the, the character for me is, is, is so important because I've seen great players um, go through the door at Rangers and completely fail as players. Um, and you would have seen the same at Celtic. Yep. 
Have you expected something to have been said? I mean, we've been asking that question for a long, long time because there's been a total lack of communication uh, from Celtic to the fans. Uh, and I guess that that's something that's really been brought into focus by European Super League uh, happenings over the last few days. You know, a, a disconnect with the fans can be such a, a dangerous place to go. Um, Celtic haven't had a lot to say and maybe it's all going to be a completely happy ending for the Celtic fans and everyone understands why they weren't saying anything because it's a great appointment, blah, blah blah but but Celtic can do that now can't they post Sunday when the the last chance of a trophy vanished um, these games matter not a lot now the the remaining games for Celtic so why not announce something right now yeah you would like to think so I was on a a podcast the other day and one of the fans said quite rightly it, it didn't care how long it took as long as it was the right appointment and I can see that but I mean time is running out to go and identify players we've touched on this show how many players that are going to potentially be leaving guys that are on loan uh, aren't even Celtic's players other ones that will be leaving Scott Brown's away I think it'll be a whole new coaching staff so the time's running out you know Rangers have already marched to this first title it's going to be huge next season so I'd like to see something put in place Relatively quick, I think Sunday Celtic, if I'm being honest, they went out in a wee bit of a whimper. Season ticket sales around the corner as well. It's time for Celtic, obviously, to give something. Give us a bit of a bit of news that uh, it's a bit of positivity for the fans. It needs a managerial appointment, doesn't it? It needs a, you know, or a head coach, director of football, head of football <laughs> operations. They need one of those as well because Nicky Hammond has gone. We know yeah. that Dominic Mackay has started, and and that sort of changeover with Peter Lowell is now mm. is now happening at at Celtic Park. But but it needs these appointments, um, and and then it needs a, a statement of intent to go with it about sorting out that squad I mean there's that five aside we mentioned there that haven't worked at all mm-hmm. uh, Scott Brown's away as Simon says Hudson uh, Edouard will almost certainly be sold in the summer I think everyone expects that to happen still question marks about the likes of Ryan Christie and Christopher Ayer oh, yeah. so so it's when you start listing that number of players that, that you realise right, that right the Rob Kenny's on loan as well John you know, Joe Kenny I mean, yep. it's, it's a huge turnaround it's going to be yep. huge and, and could be an extremely long summer if there's not some positivity leading leading into that break, you know. So again, they're definitely doing work in the background. I've no doubts about that. Yep. But I just think for you know for Celtic um, moving forward, you know, for the supporters, obviously would love to to first and foremost want to make sure they get the right man. That, that's really really important. But there are a lot of questions. There are a lot of uncertainties. What is going to be their style in terms of their format? Does a sporting director come in and then, therefore, he's calling all the shots? Is a head coach going to be that man that's calling all the shots? Is he going to bring his own? There's so many questions. That's even before you get to the players. Yeah. And and as I've touched on so many times on this show, if Celtic were interested in a particular player at this moment in time, the first question that player will ask, who am I playing for? Yeah. Last night maybe summed it up. Celtic conceded from a set piece. They missed chances. Heard that one before. Yeah, I think we have uh, right across the season. 1-1 one, one it finished at Pataudry. What about the David Turnbull incident uh, where he had a swipe, uh, if that be the right word, Simon Donnelly, at uh, Dylan McGeoch. Um Yellow card given by Willie Collum. Um, was, was yellow right? I think he's lucky. I think he's lucky. From what I've seen when I watched it back, the play has stopped. I think he's... Initially the foul, McGill's won the foul, and then it just looks like a 
a petulant swipe. Yeah, it's a kick, isn't I, I it? I don't, you I don't know if there's been previous. Uh, it, was a, there, but... it, it was a kick. I'll go with a playful kick. All uh, <laughs> oh, right, okay. Was that one of your <laughs> playful kicks? Nah, look, he had a few playful kicks. Playful he did. Kicks. <laughs> it, it could have, it could have went. I mean, it could have easily been a red card. Yeah, the yellow yeah. card, obviously, which was yeah. the what was given. Yeah, yeah. Well, the referee could have said, "Mate, pull your head in." Like, so I wouldn't have been surprised with with any of them. But he, he's, I mean, and, and he's, will he call him as a reputation as a disciplinarian, disciplinarian even, yeah. who can't wait to get cards mm. out of his pocket? Um, I, 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 I must admit, I was surprised. Yeah. And, and what, you lo- what we're looking for, of course, is a consistency, isn't it? That, that if, if it's a red card in one game and, and it's, a, it's a red card in another game, I'm not interested in David Turnbull getting sent off. No, of but, but, you know, was that a kick? It looked like it to me. It was a kick. So, yeah. so if you kick somebody and the ball's not involved, surely that's a red card. Do you think maybe because of and I'm not saying this condones it but David Turnbull's character because I thought it was he's out. not like that is that the old, he's not like that <laughs> phrase I thought it was out of character yeah, well, yeah. see if Scott Brown's doing that I think yeah. the, the, the referee's coming down on like a ton of bricks yeah. and that's and, but that's another thing and, and what I think Rob touches on there that it shouldn't matter like in terms of there's rules you know yeah. uh, it shouldn't matter whether it's Simon Donnelly or Craig Moore you know what I mean it shouldn't be no, treated it shouldn't, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be treated any, any I know how, who I'd be more suspicious about to be <laughs> honest mate, he was at it he was at like <laughs> little, little digging the ribs and away he went you know <laughs> but the rules are rules yeah I mean I, I, I don't want to see a red card for no. that. It was a little bit, you know, could, uh, I, I wasn't there at the game as well, so you don't know in terms of the context. If there'd been a wee bit of, you know, before it, I don't know, you, yeah. were, you were there, Rob. Yeah. But, uh, no, I, no, I, no, there was maybe there previous was, between the two. I, 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 don't I, know. Thought, I thought it maybe uh, displayed frustration yeah. because of the way the game had gone for Celtic. Yeah. They had loads of chances, hadn't taken them. David Turnbull hit the bar when he should yeah. have scored. Um, maybe that was what it was all about. But, um, you know, you, you, you just, you, you strive towards uh, consistency. Um, I would have thought uh, 1-1 it finished at, uh, at Pataudry between Aberdeen and Celtic more football chat on the way join the discussion 08 08 17 17 700 The Goal Radio Football Show So late equalisers uh, last night for Celtic and against Rangers it was uh, Liam Craig with a penalty late on for St Johnston against Rangers ahead of those two coming together again in the Cup at the weekend and Lee Griffiths scored with uh, practically the last touch of the game at Pataudry a really good header typical Lee Griffiths and it salvaged a draw for Celtic having missed lots of big chances uh, before that Hamilton lost to Motherwell uh, in the Lanarkshire derby bad result for Brian Rice and his team good result for Jack Ross and Hibbs beating Livingston 2-1 they are now our firm favourites to finish third and all the European incentives that that brings with it Ross County lost at home to St Mirren it wasn't great for John Hughes and his team who have a real battle uh, to avoid either automatic uh, relegation bottom spot or indeed second bottom which means uh, the playoffs, the dreaded playoffs, they are if you're in them and they can mean relegation. Big win for Kilmarnock, Tommy Wright and his team and it was all about Kyle Lafferty, a hat-trick inside 11 minutes and uh, Kilmarnock taking a massive step towards safety. So, at the weekend it is Saturday for Hibs and Motherwell in the Scottish Cup quarter-finals at Easter Road, Sunday at Pataudry Aberdeen and Dundee United, followed by Rangers against St Johnston and Monday uh, Kilmarnock against St Mirren, all playing for a place in the last four of the Scottish Cup. Just seeing that uh, Bill Bow has been withdrawn. You were talking about this before the show, Craig. Uh, Bill Bow has been uh, withdrawn as uh, one of the host cities for Euro 2020. I wonder if we could get, maybe get another game or two at Hamden. 
Well, that would be nice. I mean, I know straight away all the talk is about more games at Wembley, <laughs> but it'd be nice to have more games. Funny here. that. Funny that they immediately uh, think of Wembley, isn't it? It is, it is funny that, yeah. But you're right. We touched on it earlier on. Uh, I believe that Bilbao had three games plus maybe the round of 16. Um, and, and also doubts, I, I believe, over um, Dublin as a, as a host city. So the potential 12 that we, it was spoken about, obviously pre-COVID, before any of that happened, looked at, look as if it, it may be uh, down to, to 10, Rob. Let's uh, talk to... Uh, it's Craig Moore. It's Simon Donnelly. It's Rob McLean on the Go Radio Football Show. And Taylor joins us as well. Hi, Taylor. Hello, panel. How are you guys? Good, Taylor. Good, Taylor. Are we answering to panel? Yes, we probably are. Uh, Taylor, are you well? I'm good, thank you. Good. What, and what would you like to talk about? I'd like to talk about the potential of the British Super League, as they're calling it, and how Celtic and Rangers are wanting to leave. Because for me, it's utterly disgusting if that even is attempted to go through. It is going against the very thing that Scottish football stands for, which is one of the few leagues that is dominated by heart and soul, in my opinion. And the very thing that we've been going against for years, which is great, in you know, this league, it looks down on us and it constantly criticises our game without ever watching a game of football. But now, because it benefits them, we've meant to essentially kill Scottish football or Celtic and Rangers go financially. What what is there isn't much of it. We're essentially killing that to go and help their game when they've looked down on us for years. It, well, it's embarrassing. It's well, going against the very thing they've argued against. For days as well. Well said. Well, well, yeah, well said. You, um, you know, what, what, what goes, what, what backs up your argument? I think is the fact that we've been talking about Celtic and Rangers going to the English Premiership for absolute oh, decades, oh, decades yep, now, yep. and it's never happened, Simon. Yeah, as far back as I can remember, school. We were talking about this. <laughs> you know, is that what Celtic, you spoke about at school? Rangers <laughs> and Celtic breaking away. Uh, yeah, where does it leave our game if the two biggest clubs leave? I, I know if you're putting your your selfish hat on, these ties I've played in battles of Britain before in Europe, been lucky enough to experience it. I think you have played in those games as well, Craig. They're great games, but I think their place is, you know, when two teams come together in Europe. I think to break away, it's not quite the same as the the European Super League thing where... If Celtic Rangers were going down there, they, they still would need to be promoted and relegated. That yeah, would, yeah. that competition would still be there, but it would be what position it would leave our national game in if the two of them left. Yeah, no, I, I think. Look, you're right. Uh, it's been spoken about from the moment I come over as a yeah. young lad, so I've heard it uh, forever as well. Uh, and I just think the focus needs to be on on creating and making sure that you have a really strong domestic league up here in Scotland. Reigns and Celtic belong up here. Yeah. Um, and it's important, obviously, that uh, I think you know that the standards and the commercial opportunities and all that sort of stuff keep it here, keep it within the game here, and at the same time look to try and continually improve. Improve, yeah. You know that for me is a way forward. It's like it's different when you initially, and I'm talking about hundreds of years ago when you set up and all of a sudden Reigns and Celtic were were down. Uh, playing in a, a, a different league that sort of like covered the whole of UK. That's different, but, you know, because Wellington play in the Australian league, Swansea, uh, Cardiff wants yeah. to play in yeah. the, But now, it, it's it's not for now. It's kind of, you know, that culture, that history, it's in place. Scotland need 
uh, a strong Rangers and Celtic, and it needs to be here. My opinion, Taylor. Do you share our cynicism? And um, this is, I mean, this is it's 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 a kind of obvious subject to go to, isn't it? On the back of the the ESL collapse, but this is surely not a happening thing. Yeah, I don't believe it will ever happen, but it is actually being looked into, and they'll think about nice. pursuing it. Which what really gets me angry and frustrated over it is they've spent and we've all the entire football community spent the last few days in outcry over the European mm. Super League and how you know frankly abhorrent it is yep. but as soon as it's benefiting the English game I have not seen it anywhere near as much outrage you know yeah and I think that's what's disgusting they don't it doesn't feel to me that they actually ever cared about the impact on football, they only cared about the impact on their league. Mm. Scottish and football would wouldn't cease to exist if this even goes through. These English teams, though, have lost credibility big time, Massive. haven't they? By what they've what they've done without any connection or communication with their key employees, the players and the manager and the and the fans. Yeah, well, these these owners, uh, you know, you, you look at the likes of you know Gary Neville, who's got a huge voice in the game, Jamie, Jamie Carragher, and lots of stuff, and you know they're going for they're going for the owners. Yeah, uh, and they may own the football clubs today, but in terms of the future, uh, very very hard to to get that to trust mend, back. Mend that, yeah, to with, mend that kind of with your supporters. Trust. I mean, I listened to the the guy Henry, the, the Liverpool owner, John talk, Henry, yeah, his apology, and he, he was talking about LFC, LFC. Who <laughs> it's Liverpool, yeah, yeah. No. you know, and it just it, it just shows it's you false. It's pl- how don't know. they regard football as a game here yeah. in the UK. LFC was referring to his club as. It just tells you how far he is away from the supporters, yeah. and and how little he understands Craig about the culture of the club. And, and that that is the thing, and that that's the thing that winds me up probably the most is because. There's a, you know, these, the owners, they see money. Right? And I understand in terms of business, you, you know, want to try and protect your business and, and have the biggest earning capacity and all those kind of things. But football is not – if that's the reason you're involved in football, then get out. Yeah. You know, because this game has been a, a, around for 100-plus years. It's, it's built on tradition. It's built on culture. It's built around the fans. Yeah. Um, and the, these people, they, they don't think that way. They don't think that way, Rob. It's, it's – um, they just think of closed shop, franchise model, how can we make more money? Yeah. And, and from your point of view, Taylor, I mean, you're a Rangers fan. Um, you're, you think Rangers' ambitions can be satisfied with embarking on what you will hope will be a period of domination in Scottish football and another title to go with the one you've just landed, but also uh, progression in Europe as well. I mean, Stephen Gerrard will have big ambitions to qualify firstly uh, and prosper in the Champions League um, do you see that as 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 Rangers' ambitions? Hundred percent. For me, going in at the Champions League, we know it'll be difficult. We know it'll be tough. But we're aiming to try and finish and get out of the group. That's always got to be the aim. Whether that's realistic or whether that's expected is a different matter. But that's the aim. We're aiming to go as far as we can. We're aiming to win every game of football we can. So for me. I'm very happy with where we are right now. We've got to the round of 16 of the Europa League twice in two seasons. That's a good accomplishment. We sh- I, I actually think we should have got to the quarters this year, which would have been remarkable. So I think we're very, I'm very pleased with where we're going. Domestically, I think we're, we're evolving 
every season is what I'm really liking under Gerrard. We don't stick. As soon as something starts to, you know, tail off, Gerrard evolves the system in subtle ways, keeps it fresh, keeps opposition guessing and maybe not, you know, too sure of how to count in it. But Europe, I think, is where we really shine as a football team. I think we're built for that sort of football. Counter-attack. Not pragmatic, per se, but definitely a solid defensive front to build on. Where do you think Craig Moore, Stephen Gerrard, prioritises between uh, collecting some more titles and increasing Rangers' profile in European football? I think it's all part of the uh, the picture for Steven Gerrard. I mean, the, the first thing that he would have wa- wanted to come back and do was to be able to um, get Rangers back to winning ways. And and it's not happened overnight. You know, it's taken him a few seasons. But then, with success, people expect more, they want more. Um, you know, in terms of the, um, the, the European stuff, Rob, obviously they've done extremely well in the last couple of seasons. So, yeah, I guess building that profile of, uh, of the football club is something that he, he would have been desperate to do and, and will look to continue to do at Rangers. You know, he, he'll be here for a few more years and, and, and if he's doing well and the profile is big and the brand of, of the football club is great and everyone knows about it, then there's going to be opportunities for him at the end of that as well. Yeah, and he certainly doesn't stand still. I mean, as Taylor's been saying, it's been uh, progression after progression, year on year, and uh, the plan will be for that to continue next season. Uh, maybe Scott Wright, one of the new signings, is is already ahead of schedule. I'm not sure uh, how much impact we expected him to make uh, in this tail end of the season, but he scored his first uh, Rangers goal last night, and he, he really has delivered. And here's the gaffer, uh, Taylor, talking about him last night. Everything we've asked of Scott, he's done ever so well. He's working ever so hard in the gym, changing and altering a few things. Great kid to work with, really professional. Thought his goal tonight was an excellent finish. He took it really well and calmly. And it's something that we're going to try and add into his game. More goals, more assists. He's a good player, so he's always going to be a good fit for Rangers. There is that feeling, Taylor, isn't there, that, that Stephen Gerrard in... Uh, guiding Rangers to title success this season has also been uh, very much planning ahead and putting other pieces in the place uh, in place for, for further down the line the two signings from Bournemouth Jack Simpson of course has featured already Scott Wright has got himself involved um, Rangers building from a, a position of strength I definitely agree with that I think I remember Gerald stating that Scott Wright was a big project for next season. Mm, yeah. I think they're working on his upper body, maybe a little bit more strength, power. But I think next season, I think we're going to see a, a much improved on what he's already been, a, I would say, a phenomenal start. I don't think he could have done much better. Craig? I think he's came he's came in at a tough time. But he's, I think he's gave Gerard a headache because, in my opinion, he's got to play next week. Yeah, it's interesting, that one, isn't it? That's a good headache, isn't it, yeah. as, you know, for a manager. But as, again, it's important you listen to, to Stephen Gerrard and he talks about he talks about numbers, you know, for, for right in terms of, you know, goals and assists. Yeah. You know, that pe- people in the attacking areas, that's what's important. They're the numbers that are important. And, and I think, you know, Stephen Gerrard, a lot of coaches at any football club, they always want to try and improve players. Rob, and I, and I think the good ones are really able to to, to well, give say, that Gerald says that there in that interview, doesn't he? He says he's a good kid to work with, and that is half the battle. Yeah, you know, if you're putting your time and effort into <clears throat> trying to develop a player, he's obviously identified him, seen what he could do at Aberdeen, brought him into 
a bigger club obviously and a, a big step in the, in the young kid's career but if he is willing and his attitude's right he's giving himself every opportunity mm-hmm. under the experience of guys like Gerard and Gary McAllister there It's interesting isn't it if you look at the Rangers best front three if you're, if you're picking the, your be- the best Rangers front three at the moment mm-hmm. you know, you're putting Morales in the middle you're putting Ryan Kent on the left mm-hmm. and previously you would have been choosing between Hadji and Roof for, for the other attacking position probably and sometimes ha- Aribo ha- goes up there yeah, as sometimes well. Joe Aribo plays there as well mm-hmm. I mean is, is Scott Wright in the overtaking lane for that position at the moment he's got the indicator on <laughs> <laughs> I like it <laughs> yeah, he's like looking now I mean again when you come to to a big football club um, you want to play football you know you've got competition he's certainly put himself in a situation I actually thought when I, I'd done um, Hibs Rangers I was hoping to see see him on that day mm. but but he, he sort of like kept him on ice that day but all you can do is come in and score goals as an attacking player and keep yep. posing uh, questions to your manager and you know we, we talk about headaches they're great headaches for a manager and do you fancy another piece of silverware Taylor before the season is finished you'd like to think so but I'm also I'm not taking it for granted I think St Johnson are a very very good team I think some of your fans are underrating them I think they've Although they only finished six, I actually expect them to continue their progression next year, maybe a top four finish. I really rate them. I really rate the manager as well. So I'm expecting a tough game. Yeah, I think Stephen Gerrard is too. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, but what a prospect for Rangers having landed their first title in 10 years to to put two trophy, trophies into the boardroom, uh, maybe the Scottish Cup as well. Taylor, thanks for your call. Good to hear from Thank you. Thank you for having me. That, that was our pleasure to have you on the show uh, speaking very eloquently and passionately about uh, his opposition to any British uh, Super League and uh, really um, saying ve- some very positive things about Scottish football and rightly so as well. And uh, we will be hearing on the other side of the break from a Scottish football legend. Let's go! We brought you the breaking news earlier on in the show that uh, the appeal by Rangers on behalf of their five players who were banned or were facing bans for um, breaking the COVID uh, regulations, that appeal had been dismissed by the Scottish FA. The hearing opened up on Tuesday night and finally today we got the uh, announcement that that was the case and uh, that the five Rangers players uh, would face four match bans with two further games uh, suspended. Uh, just received a statement from Rangers reacting to that uh, and it says Rangers notes the outcome of today's appeal. We remain disappointed in the result. Furthermore, we believe this outcome highlights the inconsistency of decision making uh, in the Scottish FA's disciplinary process. We are that the approach taken by other football associations across Europe has no resemblance to that of the Scottish FA. We urge the Scottish FA to be open-minded <coughs> to learn from other football authorities. Uh, we now focus on Sunday's quarter-final at Ibrox, Craig Moore. I'm trying to think in terms of the, the, con- the consistencies of the, the, the last suspension... For well, there've been a few, there've been a few brushes, haven't there? In was that terms seven of... games that they got? Yeah, they got seven. Yeah, they, they got seven games. So I got inconsistency, I guess, in terms of really, it's the same crime, yep. you know, in terms of the breach of, of COVID and that sort of stuff. And are they maybe speaking what, what, more generally about the disciplinary process, maybe even beyond I, the COVID I think there's breaches? A, there's a message within the message. Yeah, 
that, that Rangers maybe feel they've been wronged uh, in in other situations uh, as part of that disciplinary code, Simon? I think it's just dragged on, Rob. I think, obviously, with the caller on saying, <clears throat> you know, you've committed the crime due to time, I think they've been punished now. Uh, arguably, as we touched on earlier on, Patterson's played more football than he possibly should have at the time. Maybe he should have been punished quicker, but... They, they exposed a loophole in the, you know, the inquiry there. So I think it's it's one of the ones that it's dragged on. They've got their punishment. Let's let's move on. And Rangers are clearly saying, have a look at what happens elsewhere in other countries. Um, you know, improve your disciplinary process is basically what they're saying. And I think that's I think that's fair enough. I think all that anybody wants to see at any level is that consistency yeah. in, in terms of that decision making process. Um, and and if you think that it's that it's perfect, that for me is a sign a sign of arrogance. You should always be looking to evolve and to try and improve your processes. So, um, and to get the, the the best result in the end, which is that, that you know the right decision, and um, but cons- consistency in process. It wasn't just Ryan Christie who burst into tears when Scotland qualified for the first major finals since the World Cup of uh, 1998. Of course, we're heading for Euro 2020, happening in the summer of 21. And Sir Alec Ferguson uh, got a little bit emotional as well. You know, the tragedy of the Tartan Army was there. You know, they've been following their team for 100 years. You know, that, you know that I always remember Italy, the World, the World Cup in Italy. The fans there are unbelievable. So we're, we're missing that, and they missed that. But the, on that penalty kick shoot, when they scored, Serbia scored in the last minute, extra time, no chance. <laughs> but they saw it through, but David Marshall saved. He didn't know whether they qualified or not, and everybody <laughs> jumped on top of him. And then the Ryan Christie interview was crying when the song crying. <laughs> oh, it was fantastic. How good is that? A man like Sir Alec, who has won so much, he's achieved so much, experienced so much, uh, it even reduced him to tears. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I'm saying, like for you, Simon, like he's one of us. He's one of yeah. one of you know, he's Scottish in terms of a Scottish fan, isn't he? He's been through so much right. with Scotland, but again, I think everybody's just been starved of that getting to a, a, a finals mm. for, yeah. for thirty years or whatever it was. And I think, I think he just epitomised the. Reaction of the nation. It, just, it, it was twenty-three years. It just felt like thirty. It, uh, yeah. it did feel like thirty. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it just that's that was the whole feeling. I remember jumping about my own living room with my kids that night, yeah. and when we get through, it's just it's a moment you'll remember, eh, forever. Yeah, aye, it is. And they're, they're, they're the moments that we want, and that's why we're looking forward so much to this Euro finals coming up. Hopefully, but he's touched on a real important point there. Without the fans, the fans weren't there because I've been it. Even as a kid, Hamden, great nights. I remember yeah. beating France and Spain at Hamden. The atmosphere of these games, it's, it's a real shame that the fans weren't there to experience it. All the horrible nights that we've witnessed yeah. and then Scotland finally qualified for 23 no, years and there. there's nobody there. <laughs> ah, well, and, I, and it'd be interesting as well because like when Australia qualified in 2006, it was 32 years since I'd qualified. But it wasn't just football supporters of Australia. Like people that had like been involved in all other sports, everybody wasn't involved. Yeah. Uh, so the interesting to to I mean, obviously the, the the history here in Scotland, like everyone loves football. It's the number one sport. But does it bring out it other? Lifts, it lifts everybody, doesn't it? Mm. We all yeah. come together. Yeah. You know, there's no it's Rangers in Europe or Celtic in Europe or something. It's it's the togetherness, and we've as I say, we've been starved of it for so long. You know. I think I was spoiled growing up. I think we, we qualified in all the tournaments, all major the tournaments. tournaments. Well, it used to be Certainly a habit. World Cups, yeah. anyway. Yeah. Uh, so 
So it's great to be back involved. I yeah, and even do ourselves justice. Yeah, and, and even people, as you say, that, that don't watch football, don't go to football, yeah, they were they were caught up, you know, because football is such a, a big thing in Scotland. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that will be the case going into the summer, albeit reduced uh, capacities, yeah. but I think it will lift the whole nation. He was speaking, uh, Sir Alec, as the Harmony Row youth team in Govan, which nurtured uh, the young Fergie uh, and more recently was saved by him, received the first of 50 Euro 2020 Glasgow legacy packs to support uh, grassroots football. Um, And he was also talking, uh, apart from that emotional reaction um, to what happened as Scotland qualified, he also spoke about Scott McTominay and he he referred to him um, as joining a list of great Scots who've starred at Manchester United and certainly his stats this season for, for appearances and, and everything else. His numbers, as they say in the trade, have been really impressive. They have been. And, and look, certain people speak in football and, and you've got to listen. You know, Sir Alex is one of those. And, and McTominay, he's at a massive football club. Um, and his numbers in terms of his involvement this season, um, you know, have, have been quite impressive. Uh, he's had to stand up. You know, because there's been a lot of chit-chat about Pogba all season yep. and all that sort of stuff. So he's come in, he's showed some leadership. He's got... He's a, he's a really... Statue, physically, he? yeah, physically yep, he's, a, he's a real specimen. Yep. You know, he's a modern-day footballer. Um, and I'm sure uh, he'll do very, very well for Scotland for, for many years. So, you, you know, he definitely got a great player there and, and what seems to be a fantastic character as well. Yeah, and he compared him to Darren Fletcher, um, who was always a player that, that figured in big games for Manchester United when, when Alec Ferguson was the manager himself. He, he might drop him out of, of some uh, allegedly less important games, bring him in for the big ones. He, he, he was speaking today about when he... F- came up against Arsenal, Darren Fletcher, and he was he always was the man to stamp out any threat from Vieira, yeah. uh, which is some tribute to him. And and if he and when he's when he's bracketing uh, Scott McTominay in that sort of way, it tells you exactly how highly he rates him. And of course, it's quite topical because McTominay was one of the players we were fearing a couple of days ago might be counted out by, by the all the European Super League madness. Uh, the top players like like Tierney, Robertson, McTominay yeah. uh, might not might not have been involved had had the ultimate. Side Sanction been taken, and what, and what a mad situation that would have been like for the players who have had no part to play to in, play in, in any of it. To all of a your international careers being up in the air, disaster. Yeah, yeah. but I, th- I think again, you look at somebody like McTominay who has fought his way into that Man United team. You know, there's some good play. You mentioned Pogba, World Cup winner there. He's fought his way into it. He's now one of the guys that they regard as maybe in the starting eleven, in the strongest yeah. eleven. Who plays next to him? Yeah, for Scotland. I know, in terms of Man United, in terms of, I mean, Scotland is still between central defence and yeah, but I, th- and middle I, th- of the park. I, th- I think he's grown into a real important player for for Scotland yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and this Euros. I mean, with him and like some McGinn in there, mm-hmm. the strength of those two, they're playing most weeks in the Premiership. Yeah. You've got Armstrong, the pace of Armstrong, McGregor. It's, so what about Sid, what, What's your in terms of interested now? Your thoughts are: um, is he better in the midfield for Scotland or as, as part of a back three? I think he's better in the midfield. I think he's better in the midfield. It's good to be able to have that alternative because we're no blessed with a strong centre-back area. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, that can be used on a certain occasion, but I think he's a waste if, if you don't have him in the middle of your park. I think you put him in there, McGinn can go further forward. I think McGinn further in the final third is a real threat. He yeah. pops up with another goal uh, the other night there. 
just strong being able to roll people but I think McTominay in there I think we, we, we look a really strong setup. You know, can, can, can he be both you know depending on the opposition at the same time he would struggle <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, 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 Craig Moore. Yeah, yeah. You're not my favourite Australian uh, on the show now, uh, having <laughs> chatted to Scott McDonald or listened yeah. to Scott McDonald earlier. He, can, he can play both, Rob. I mean, look, he's he's not a central defender, but he can fill in as a as a, a the the wide one of a back three at the at the right because he can travel and he's comfortable on the ball. Um, I'm like you, Simon. I prefer to see him in the middle of the park. But yeah. again, that will depend on what Clark has at his disposal at that particular time. But it's good that he's got that flexibility. Before we go, that was a rousing reaction from Taylor, wasn't it? About the strength of Scottish football and how Scottish football doesn't need to be in any other league. Talking about all the the, the talk of a British Super League, Simon, on, on the back of the, the European madness. Yeah, I th- again, I think just the... Those ties have always captured the imagination, the battles of Britain, right through the, the eras, you know, growing up watching, been lucky enough to play in one or two. But that's that's what they are, you know, they come few and far between. That's why they're probably so special. Uh, Rangers and Celtic are in the Scottish League. And as we touched on earlier on, it's about improving our product and improving our levels. And we need those two in the league. It's going to be a big weekend uh, playing for places in the Scottish Cup semi-finals. Hibs and Motherwell Saturday, Aberdeen and Dundee United Sunday. Rangers against St Johnston as well. Kilmarnock against St Mirren. The Go Radio Football Show returns tomorrow night. Paul Cooney, Barry Ferguson and Mark Guidi are here and it's live at five. I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was It was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy.